0: Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to the Life, Death, and Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium. I know it seems like a strange combination, but that gives me a unique view of life and death. Death can be scary. I get that. That's why I'm doing this. I want to help people explore life, death, and what it all means. We are born and we die what we do in the middle is the space between. I want to welcome you to my first podcast, which I'm super excited about. Today, the tables will be turned. Normally, I'm going to be doing interviews and exploring with my guests different perspectives on death and how it can transform your life in a good way. But today, I'm going to be interviewed by my very good friend and journalist, Allison Caden. So Allison, I'll turn it over to you.
1: Well, hello everyone, and hi Amy. I should note that I'm calling, or I'm on the phone with you in New York, and Amy is in Chicago.
0: Yeah.
1: But we have been friends for how many years at this point? Twenty-five. A probably. long time. Twenty-five. Twenty-five years, about at this point. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. So obviously, we have two different uh, professions. Um, But it makes kind of for an interesting conversation between the both of us. I think we have a lot to learn about each other. And I definitely learned something new about Amy um, a few months ago that you are going to learn about, too. And I want to get started with with Amy. I mean, Amy, tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your profession? Uh, What is your
0: day-to-day? So I am a clinical psychologist or therapist, um, and I've been doing this work for almost 15 years now in private practice. Um, I started working with kids and made a transition to working with adults uh, once I had kids of my own. So I have three kids. They are now 12, 9, and 4 and a half. Um, So my day-to-day is spending time with them, but I also do work. So it's kind of that juggling like so many of us are used to doing. Absolutely.
1: Um, you have two jobs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. Um, and so that's, you know, been my day to day is just working with people kind of dealing with everyday life issues and then coming home and dealing with my own.
1: So as a therapist then people come to you seeking basically help for problems they're going through, just they want to learn more about themselves. What is the nature of your practice?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's everything from anxiety and depression <laughs> grief and loss. Um, and, And that's really where my interest in all of this kind of sprouted from is that there's a lot of people that I find are struggling with grief and loss and unresolved grief and loss. So while that's not necessarily the huge focus of my practice, it does seem to come up constantly with basically everybody I see.
1: And so I think people may be tuning into this podcast because they have a interest in death, the afterlife, they have their own grief and loss, they have their own fear of death. And so I think what puts you in a really unique position is that you have a perspective that's different than most therapists, correct? Can you tell us a little bit about your personal relationship with death.
0: Sure. So this goes back a ways for me, and this is quite a story. Um, And interrupt me at any time if you have any questions about it. So when I was 18 years old, I lost my aunt. Um, I was in college at the time, and she had had Juvenile onset diabetes. Um, she was sick for a very, very long time since she was about ten years old. But really, in the end, she struggled with what often happens with juvenile di- with diabetes: is your organs start to shut down. And she was on the list for a pancreas, and she was on the list for a pancreas transplant. And while they were doing the pre-assessment for the transplant, one of the things that they noticed was that her heart was really weak. Um, and so they needed to go in and do heart surgery in order to make sure that her heart, it, 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 apparently at the time they had seen that she had, had several sort of small heart attacks that had gone undetected. Um, and so she. they needed to do the surgery in order for her to get the pancreas transplant on her heart um, because otherwise her heart wouldn't have withstood the surgery, wouldn't have withstood the transplant. So I was in college at the time. It was my freshman year, and I remember getting the call that she did not survive this surgery. Um, Her heart was was
1: really... Was this your first experience with death?
0: Yes. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I had had a couple of... People who had passed away, like I remember uh, a girl that I had gone to camp with passed away, and another girl that I had traveled with um, abroad. But this was a
1: close family member, the right. first close family member that died, yes. correct? Yes, I
0: mean, not okay. great-grandparents and things like that, but my aunt was really like a mother to me. I mean, she was my mom's sister. She had gone through some difficult times, so she spent a ton of time at our house with my family. And so in a lot of ways, she was like a second mother to me. Um, And when I got that call that she didn't survive the surgery, it was pretty breathtaking. I mean, I remember just falling to the ground and having to fly home by myself that night, you know, not sort of knowing what was in store for me, because really, this being the first close you know, tra- tragic death in a way. I mean, it was yeah, well before yeah. her time. She was forty-eight years old. She was very young. That was young. That very, very young. young. Um, she had kids, young kids who were in college and high school at the time, and and her par- my grandparents. Her parents were still alive, and my grandfather was a physician, so he was a pediatrician so her illness was really troubling as well because he couldn't save her you know as a pediatrician you want to as any physician you want to do whatever you can to save your child but I think particularly when they develop a condition as a kid it's it's even more frustrating Um,
1: but I want I want you to fast forward a certain amount of years because I think so many people can think about it and someone excuse me close to you dies uh it obviously is traumatic. You go through different periods of mourning and grief, and you know obviously you know mm-hmm. um, but fast forward to a few years when all of a sudden you had a strange experience regarding your aunt
0: right so so fast forward through college um you know at the towards the end of my college career, I started getting. I don't know if I would call it debilitating, but certainly panic attacks, just this really, really intense anxiety around um, being able to support myself. And so there's a little bit of a backstory here. My aunt... Um, went through a divorce and it was, it became really stressful for her to financially support herself. And she didn't have a degree to fall back on and, or she had a degree, but she hadn't worked in years. And so I really identified with that piece of her. And I began my own journey into therapy to try to deal with the anxiety, which at the time I didn't, I related to her death, but not her life, if that makes sense. Okay. I, you know, I knew that her death was really disturbing to me, but I didn't realize how her life and the role that her life played in my life in the intersection and how I kind of made sense of all that really affected me. And so for years in therapy, I struggled with how to make sense of this anxiety. And I started grad school at the time for psychology and about. Uh, probably my second year into grad school, shortly before her son was getting married. I experienced at the time what I thought was a dream. Were and you sleeping? I was, yes, but it was like a, almost like that twilight state that you get when they, you know, give you Novocaine for your wisdom teeth, like that type of, mm-hmm. that type of mm-hmm. sleep where you're so you were going
1: to sleep at night. You're waking up. The I morning, had just woken up
0: and then sort of fallen back to sleep. So it was like that in between state. Right. Um, and I had like, I saw a couple of images. The first one being my aunt was talking to me and she said to me, tell your mom, it's okay. I'm going to be at the wedding. She doesn't need to be upset about this. And then she said, tell, Richie my my mom's brother my uncle her her brother my aunt's brother that I hear him when he talks to me and um I know that he always talks to me when he's running and walking and so what
1: were the what were the, the basically the details she gave you about your mom so what was your mom doing? So my
0: mom was standing at her kitchen sink washing dishes. Like I saw, I was like the image that the visual that I saw was I was in my mom's, she showed me my mom's kitchen. My mom's standing at the kitchen sink um, looking out our window. So my kitchen sink like my when you're doing dishes in my home that I grew up in, you look out the window into the backyard, and that's exactly where my mom was when my aunt I know said that exact spot. Yeah, I know. Right, we spent many a many a times sitting around my kitchen table, um, and and she was just looking out. And uh, I called my mom that morning when I woke up because this this dream. And I, if you could see me, it would be a dream in quotes because it didn't feel like a dream. It felt. As you and I are talking today, that's how I was talking to my aunt. And I said, I called my mom and I told her what happened and she started crying. And I said, mom, why are you crying? And she said, because last night I was standing at my kitchen sink and I was talking to Linda and I said to her, I really wish you could be at the wedding. It's so, it would mean so, It would be so incredible for you to see this. And of course, at that point, I got the goosebumps all over. I started crying. My mom was crying, and I felt like okay, I had a, a dream. And I followed that up with a an out, I out reached out to one of my professors in grad school because it felt like more than a dream to me. And she what was, was your mom's reaction? Though was she? what, what did she think it was? Well, she. She couldn't quite understand it, especially because then I followed up and I talked to my uncle, and he validated a lot of what I had shared with him about the dream and the things that he shares with Lin with Linda. What's her name? That I would have never known. And so, okay, so Aunt Linda
1: came to you. Mm-hmm. She said she basically gave you a vision of your mother having a, a conversation with her in a certain spot in her house. Mm-hmm. She did the same thing with her brother, your uncle, right? Um same, the same sort of vision where Mm -hmm. he's doing this and he's talking to me and, um, she gave you, didn't she give you a message to tell him?
0: The message was just basically like, I hear you. I know that you're talking to me and I'm doing what I can to help. And what was his response? I mean, I think he was equally as floored. He is also a physician. So this is not a family of people who are, um, hooey wooey or, you know. (laughs) Scientific. Right, the scientific and, and grounded as they come. Um, yes, and I think that, I can vouch for that. And I right, and I think that that. Thank you. I think that that's what made it even more kind of mind blowing. Was that right. this was not something that had been in our family. This was not something that anybody had really ever experienced before. And honestly, at the time, kind of, we all just kind of moved. I mean, I met with my professor, she gave me some books to read on this, and I just sort of moved on from it at that point. And how old were you? 24? 24. 24. Okay. 20, 24. Yeah. So the
1: idea of the word medium that hadn't popped into your head yet, or yours just kind of you couldn't wrap your
0: brain around it yet, you weren't willing to accept it? I, I think that it was just sort of a one-off thing for me. Like I I had um some of the books that my friend my professor had who's now my friend um had recommended were about being a medium, like about mediumship, but I didn't, I mean, I think at the time that was when like John Edwards was on TV and I was like, oh, you know, that's interesting, but never, never thought much beyond that. What was the the professor's specialty? What did the professor teach? She taught psychoanalytic psychotherapy. (laughs) So would you say that, what did you call it, hooey-booey or
1: something like that? Hooey-wooey, hooey-wooey. (laughs) <laughs> the whole idea of being a medium, being able to communicate from the dead or receive messages from the dead or see the dead, that's not something you would say is widely accepted in your field,
0: correct? Correct. I mean it's it's okay. I think it's, you know, there's not The science behind it is questionable. Um, And honestly, part of this, my podcast moving forward is to explore some of those things because I had remembered before this had even happened, she had spoken about quantum physics and string theory. And I had always felt a draw to like some of these more um, like, the topics about consciousness and expanding levels of consciousness and things along those lines but i never quite knew how to make sense of it all frankly quantum physics and string theory still doesn't make a lot of sense to me uh, any sense to me, but I know that it. Ties I'm going to have to in. Google both of those. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've heard the, I know it. I've heard the name of those, but unfortunately, I'm going to have to Google them. It's yeah, really I'm not even going to try
0: to explain it. I'm just going to yeah. hopefully have someone on in the future who can do that because. But we're I know. Next, but, I,
1: but we're getting a little off topic because I want to direct you back. I want to know the next time you had an experience
0: that was similar to that. So shortly after my grandfather passed away, similar thing Which happened. Which was when? <sighs> Ten years ago. I um, okay, so You were what in your mid thirties? No, early thirties. Are you gonna say my age on here?
1: No, I'm I, not gonna say <laughs> it. So you were what? So you were 14? Okay. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. No, <laughs> yeah. So I was probably early thirties. Let's just say. Okay. Um, might have been 15 years ago. Who knows? No, but um, yeah. So she, he same similar situation before. Apparently, there's something with people getting married and you know, dead relatives coming to talk to me, because he also came to me in a dream state, dream-ish state, um, sharing similar things with me about my cousin, things I wouldn't know, a nickname that her future husband called her, and I called her up, similar situation, I told her what had happened, she started crying, oh my god, you're exactly right, this is exactly what I've been thinking about, thank you, and and then that, that and this is my, all the same side of the family correct so this two is different sides. your aunt's father no, two different sides Oh, no, other no, side yes. of the family this was my that was my mom's sister this was my dad's father oh wow So okay. yeah so then i started and actually that wasn't even the end of it all um, you know again sort of dismissed that as okay these are just like one off people coming to me but when it really started to be more real for me was when I started feeling like my patient's relatives were coming to me. Um, Whoa,
1: I don't think I knew
0: that. Yes, yes.
1: And your patients that you talked to, that you would be sleeping and their relatives would come and say, let's say your patient's name was Terry. You know, tell Terry I said this and tell Terry I said that.
0: Um, Yes, or just sort of showing me pictures of certain, like I, I, for me, when I, 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 you know how I even feel about even saying this because I still am not completely comfortable with it. But, um, when I would see, I always see things like things come through very visually to me. So there would be like little images or flashes of things. And then I would just, I mean, I never, ever, went into a session to say, oh, your dead relative came to me last night or anything. You've um,
1: never, ever told a patient that?
0: Uh, no.
1: No?
0: Okay. And they probably yes.
1: get a little freaked out. Well, <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and frankly, that's not why. I mean, now, if people hear this, I guess they'll know, but that's, that's a very – it's too – it feels like two very different sides of myself. Um, well, you know well, what's interesting is I remember when you first told me about this it was really only a few months ago. People should know. I
1: remember you said you, you were you you started hearing all these things, you're seeing these things, and you kind of felt bombarded by it, and and you had reached out to another medium, and you basically asked, what do I do? And they Mm -hmm. gave you some really good advice, and what was that?
0: Yeah, so I, when this all started happening, it became really intense for me, and so I worked with a woman for a couple of years who just helped me really kind of hone my skills and also turn what if you've read anything about mediumship kind of turn down my radio my dial so it's not it doesn't feel like it's constant for me and Mm -hmm. I, I sort of I mean I you know I don't put myself out there as a medium and that's actually not even the point of why I'm sharing all of this. Like I'm not gonna stand out there and hang my sign up as a medium. Um, I really And I can
1: say and I can say this in high school, least likely to be a medium would be <laughs> right. would be Dr. Robbins.
0: Thank <laughs> would be you. Don't, Robbins. don't tell Either them what I would, don't say what I was most likely to be. <laughs> What you say? I said, don't say what I was most likely to be. <laughs> <laughs> but what, right?
1: I mean, if you would, if you had picked anybody, you know, out of our, our class in high school,
0: I would not have picked you. Right. And I think that's just because I'm, I consider myself a pretty grounded person. And not that mediums aren't grounded, because now that I've been in this world a little bit, I think I've met a lot of people who are incredibly grounded. Um, but my perception of it was sort of that you were out there like with crystals hanging around you and you, know,
1: well, you, you were, yeah, you know, you're not into new age, new, you're not new agey, you, you know? Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that that's, it what, right. that's what's sort of exciting about this is that a lot of people are kind of coming out of the closet and talking about this more. Right.
1: So, You've been going through this then for over a decade. You've been, Mm -hmm. is is it something you feel like, I I should put it this way. You first told me about it and I, you know, my mouth dropped, of course, but at the same time, you know, I was, I'm also a skeptic and that's just my nature as a journalist. Mm -hmm. I want to say, prove it to me, explain it to me. Um, and what was interesting, I should preface this. This is a pretty interesting story. And so we were, we were, um, on a trip with some other friends from growing up and we were sitting around. We had a beautiful day at the beach and we were sitting around on a couch and drinking tequila in Mexico and having a great time. And, uh, you know, I, uh, was it our friends
0: egged me on to sort of interview you or you asked me to interview you? I don't remember. They egged you on and you were saying, you know, you were kind of saying, well, if you were, you know, if I was interviewing someone or if I was doing a story on this, this is what I do. And I think one of our friends was like, do it. And I said, Yeah, let's do it. Of course of course I think I was a margarita in, but
1: it could good. have been the tequila talking. Right, so, right. so, so we sat around and we, you know, were very relaxed and I, I started to grill you. And I and I didn't and I did it like I normally interview people. I, there were no kid gloves. I was skeptical. I asked you questions and then I think I said to you, prove it to me. Do you, do what did I say? I said, prove it to me. You know, can you, do you see anyone around me or can you talk to anyone in my life? Right. And
0: what did you do? I think, I think you basically said, prove it. And, you know, for everybody listening, that's like my biggest fear is that someone will want me to prove it to them and I can't. Um, And that's part of my, has been my resistance to this. So you said, prove it to me. And I said, who's Jerry. I think were my worst. And what did I do? Burst into tears.
1: I've never spontaneously cried like that, I don't think, in my entire life.
0: And I just started shaking, I think, and yeah. our friends were there, and everybody, you know, there were four of us total, and I think maybe their mouths were, like, hanging on the, the floor. They were on the floor, um,
1: and so everyone, to tell everybody, Jerry, that's my grandfather who passed away when I was uh, an early teen, when I was 13, and by the way, I told my mom that Mom's like, oh, you know, Amy must have known grandpa's name, and I said, you know, I don't remember Amy's grandparents' names, and I've met them a bunch. There's no way.
0: Yeah, and and your grandfather passed away before I even knew you. That's true. So, That's true. And I don't recall him, I mean, ever coming up in the course of conversations. Although, right. you know, that was one of the things I think I said to you was, you know, after I finished your reading, I said, you know, What's going to happen is that you're going to go and you're going to tell people about what happened and they're going to start questioning it. And what I they're want, gonna look They're
1: going to look for reasons
0: to discount it, I guess. Right.
1: Reasons to say, oh, that's not possible or how, you know, she must have known. Or, right.
0: And I right. said to you, you know, what I want you to do is really hold true what you were feeling in the moment when I said that because that's what this is about. And frankly, that's what I want. To do for people is to expand their consciousness, to expand their openness, to expand their thinking around this stuff because it can be healing in so many ways. And you know, part of my journey was that the therapy was really healing for my anxiety up until a, up until a point. But uh-huh. honestly, when I came to terms with and, and had my own understanding of what it means to, to die you know that it it for me this again this is my personal experience it is not a physical that that the soul lives on that the, the death of the body is a physical death but that the soul carries on and is still there and present for people my well, anxiety I think, I think religion dissipated.
1: religion is is for a lot of people kind of gives them that Solace, maybe religion. You know, the going to heaven and feeling like there's an afterlife and feeling like death isn't final. But I think for a lot of people, that isn't enough, and mm-hmm. they have a, like like anxiety. You can be religious and believe in things, but still, you have that fear. Which right. you say that's true. A lot of people have that fear of dying, that it's final and it's over,
0: and everything you love is gone. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you know, I'm not saying that I walk around now like bring on death. You know, I can't wait to die. Um, or God forbid something happened to my children. I mean, I can appreciate that there is nothing more painful than the thought of something happening to my children or, you know, something or my husband or my, you know, anyone in my family, but also, um, the thought of them having to live without me is painful, but it is not the death that is scary. It's the feelings around the death that I think is, is more scary for people. Right. And when you can start to have some sort of sense of, and, and make meaning again for yourself, I'm not purporting that the way that I believe what happens when you die is the way that it happens. I think that the point you're of not all say this
1: is fact, this is, this is
0: something that you're coming to terms with and learning about. Exactly. Correct? And that when, when you can open up your consciousness to possibilities outside of one way of thinking, it can be extremely healing and i've seen that with my patients when i when when people come in who have experienced tremendous losses i mean i've worked with people who've lost children spouses parents you know everything that when we can explore what the meaning is of death and how they make sense of death and how they can think about loss it frees people up in ways to really can live can they find peace Um, I, yes, but it's also about how you can live a really meaningful life in the face of death, because that's guaranteed for all of us. Like no one gets out of here alive. It's not happening. No one's figured that out yet. Um, and, but I bet there's a lot of money to be made in that business. Um, (laughs) but I think when you can, Deal with it, and and Al, you saw it even in the short time we spent together exploring this, because you said before I talked to Uncle to Grandpa Jerry, Grandpa um, Jerry yeah. that even our conversation beforehand really shifted things for you a little bit and got you thinking it's, about things differently.
1: It's true, but I have to be honest. Though in that those months in between our time together, I've I've kind of I think nudged back the other way and. Still have, I mean, I just, I mean, that's just me. I have a lot of anxiety regarding that. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I need therapy. But um, <laughs> well, that's a topic <laughs> for a different time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a topic for a different time. But I think yes, and I think being there with you and discussing it and seeing it, it was it was very helpful to me to realize that love goes on and whatever that means. But I mean, I think people listening to this are going to wonder. Do you believe there's an afterlife? Do you believe in a heaven? I mean, where are these spirits that are giving you these messages? Mm -hmm. How how are you getting these messages? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I mean, I I think part of this is I'm still not 100% sure. You know, like that's part of my exploration. Part of my passion for wanting to do this little project is to continue exploring these things because it is very easy in our humanness, in our, you know, everyday life and existence to get caught up in the reality of what it means to be in a physical body Um, and to love deeply and care deeply. I mean, every day I think about, oh my God, what if something happened to my children? But Mm -hmm. I don't let that paralyze me because then I can go to that place of, but I know it will be okay because... This is my belief system. So do I think that there's like a heaven and a hell? I don't really think of it that way. I think that we're here to learn lessons. We're always learning lessons. We're always trying to grow. And that you can either teach being a a soul in a physical body or you can teach being a soul from the other side. And how you progress and help all is part of your soul's work um and your soul just resides in a body for periods of time so
1: do you do you think i mean you, millions and millions and millions of people have lived in this earth um are all of their
0: souls out there i mean how how does that work what do you i'm not sure what do you mean by that are all well, there...
1: like you said like you know we live in a body so right so
0: mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> Is every soul that was in a body at one point that's not in a body anymore somewhere out there? Or you know what I'm saying? I'm looking, I'm looking for concrete again. I'm looking for evidence, right? Right.
0: And I guess, I I mean, I don't. Frankly, I don't know the answer to that. What I know is that energy, you know, equals mc squared. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. We are energy, so it has to go somewhere. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of question marks and there's a lot we don't know and we can't know if we're not having conversations about it and we can't explore these things if we're not open and curious about hearing people's perspectives and experiences i mean since the beginning of time people have had mystical spiritual near death past lives all of those experiences and they've reported on and There's, you know, amazing physicians who have had patients come back from the dead and physicians who experienced their own coming back from the dead. And, uh, you know, many doctors and um, therapists who have had patients experience past lives and things that just might not or I mean, there are there are things that do explain them. Again, part of what I want to explore here. But. Where like I think it's hard when you're in a human mind to conceptualize what it looks like because we're so concrete and we want things to be concrete. And so we want to know like soul goes to a place that looks like this, and right. at that place, you know, they they get their hair done, they get their nails done, they lay on a beach, right? right? Like whatever your version right. of happiness. is. That wouldn't be right. mine. Mine would you know the beach part would be, but um but I don't think that it looks like that because you're not in a human body so you're energy so it's just about being a a light-filled energetic being you have so much to explore yes, I do and I'm excited to do it I'm excited to listen
1: thank you so much for having me
0: on and let me ask you questions thank you we've been we've been trying to do this for a long, long time here. So I'm glad we finally finally fit it in just just in the nick of time, I think, before the insanity of our kids and school starting and everything begins yet again.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so
0: much, Amy. Thanks, Al. Like what you heard today and want to hear more, curious about what comes next and what it all means. You can subscribe on iTunes, just go to podcasts and find life, death and the space between and hit subscribe. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. Ask me any questions you might have. Let me know what else you'd love to hear about or just share your story. I can't wait to hear from you.